morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Chris Sullivan, Zero Global Healthcare Practice Lead. It's my distinct pleasure today to talk to some of our leading experts in healthcare workflow and healthcare technology around the world. Uh, with me, I have Wayne Miller, who's based in the UK, but has a deep industry background on workflow uh, process improvement and also how technology plays a role in that. We also have with us today Johnny Ong, who leads healthcare activities for Zebra in Asia Pacific. Johnny is both an RN by trade and a deep healthcare workflow and technology application expert himself. Today, we're going to talk about some trends in healthcare technology, and we're going to specifically talk about uh, the notion of real-time locationing and, and track and trace technologies. And with that, I'll have one uh, introductory setup before I turn to uh, our, my two colleagues. And what I'd like to share is that over the past decade, there has been increasingly uh, healthcare standards and regulations and legislative activities that are pushing forward uh, technology adoption in healthcare. So if you go all the way back to 2010, what you see is the beginning of medical product serialization and coding requirements at the manufacturer level for pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies. Uh, we now see well over 50 countries that have these types of requirements for the manufacturing of medical products. There's also been marketplace activities and legislations. We have the Falsified uh, Medicine Act or the Falsified uh, Directive uh, for to prevent um, a, uh, inauthentic products from getting into the marketplace. We have the Drug uh, Supply Chain Security Act that's a USA-based legislation. Uh, device Identification, Unique Device Identification Act. These are all things designed to control, track, and trace of goods into the marketplace. And then what we're seeing at the hospital level is a lot of national investments in digitalization and modernization. Countries like Germany have a future act where they're pouring in $3 billion to modernize the hospitals. Seeing similar things in Indonesia. In the UK, they've been a worldwide leader on scan for safety adoption and, and, and activities. So many different healthcare technology uh, activities have happened from a standards and regula regulatory point of view. And what we're going to do is talk with our experts to see uh, what this means at the patient care point of care and within the workflow. And so what I'd like to do is start with Wayne Miller. Wayne, if you could share how all of these contextual marketplace and industry standards are developing, if you could share how they impact the behavior of hospitals and healthcare organizations, healthcare providers. Certainly can, and thank you for the invite, Chris. So a lot of these standards are doing or performing the same task. Um, and a very um, industry-specific term for that is post-market surveillance. So when the product, whether it is drug or device, leaves the manufacturer, uh, we want to trace that all the way through to the end user. Okay, So that's left or laid a foundation for companies like Zebra 
to um, bolster those standards with barcodes and latterly RFID. So it's allowed healthcare organisations, hospitals and organisations to trace all the way through their uh, entire supply chain. And why would they want to do this? It, it makes sense from a patient safety perspective and it makes sense from a finance perspective. So having that full visibility from all products that they are ordering, all products that are being delivered and all products that are being used provides that full, uh, not just traceability from a where is that thing perspective, but also from a financial perspective. Thank you, Wayne. And Johnny, if you could uh, add to that, share some workflow examples of how this is starting to embed in a more and more common way. Thank you very much, Chris. Well, in many countries across APEC, such as Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, and even China, they have grown up plan for healthcare digitalizations to a much varying degrees. The key objective that they want to achieve is interoperability, which is exchange and make use of information shared across the entire process of patients' medical treatment to the medical devices within the entire hospital space. Thank you, Johnny. And uh, is this, can you share a few use cases or kind of next level workflow examples, perhaps with either patients or care staff or medical assets, how this is showing up? Sure, sure. Right. So in countries like in Indonesia, where mainly they have all these paper or documents, they are partnering with HIMSS, which is the Healthcare Information and Management System Society, for them to evolve and to assess as it progresses into the digital maturity models within the entire countries itself. Even in China, the National Health Commission have repeatedly emphasized that hospitals must invest in technologies such as interoperability clinical mobility solutions so as they can pass the electronic medical record uh, the grading evaluations which is this is the country has set the standard to level four and above. Thank you, Johnny. So at Zebra, we uh, provide technology that's adopted in the healthcare workflows, but we very much want to uh, avoid being technology focused as an organization. We want to embed ourselves as a workflow uh, helper and an enabler. And so, Wayne, uh, Wayne Miller, as we look at the global trend of real-time location solutions, that's a term that the tech world has uh, coined uh, for, for healthcare. If you could unpack that a little bit and talk about how that helps workflow and what's the objective of, of the notion around real-time location solutions. Certainly, Cam. Uh, so... I think the technology that we're most familiar with inside Zebra is the humble barcode, as I call it. And we're not moving away from that. The barcode still has lots more to give to the industry and, in fact, to many verticals. What real-time location does is provide that real-time view. So understanding where your stock is, where your patient is, where your assets are, 
in a real-time perspective is really important to hospitals. I'm sure we've all experienced in our various roles, walking around the office searching for supplies, assets, copy of paper, whatever that is. If you multiply that by, you know, your average hospital, which maybe has, you know, eight to 10,000 nurses on duty every day, looking for medical assets to treat patients, you enter a totally different realm of, of time wasted, as it were. And it also threatens patient care. So it's the real time aspect to give a real time view of the supply chain. I mean, there's many uses to this. You can see exactly how many patients you have in your waiting room. You can see exactly how many wheelchairs you have ready to be cleaned. You can see exactly how many mattresses you have in your storeroom. So that's the real um, the real return on investment for real-time location, Chris. Thank you, Wayne. And, and Johnny, as a uh, frontline nurse, uh, I believe you're still certified and practicing. Uh, you've been in critical care environments uh, OR, ICU, ED. Uh, can you share perhaps some personal experiences of patient care uh, application when you don't have real-time visibility? What are the challenges or compromises that perhaps have come up in the past for you? Well, I can certainly add to that perspective. If if we do not have leverage of our technologies, we have to rely a lot uh, on the other perspective. Okay, such as reaching out to our people, we have to set up internal of our processors, escalations, uh, escalation to different point of channels, so as to get things being done. In many healthcare facilities, right, uh, we understand the the technology of real time location um, uh, solutions, and these are the few options and these are a few ways that we, we can use in the healthcare applications such as to locate healthcare staff in large facilities when the patients or other members of the staff need to summon assistance during a medical emergency, right? And from a second, and from a second perspective, is that patient tracking can be deployed to track the physical movement of patients to help them to ensure their safety, in particular to, especially for cases like Alzheimer and dementia are patients where the technology can help to alert staff and pinpoint the location of the patients who wanders away from predefined areas or try to leave the hospital buildings itself. Thank you, Johnny. And, and so as we think about the future of healthcare, we have lots of evidence that industry is interested in more real-time visibility uh, Wayne Miller, uh, how would you advise a healthcare provider to prepare and organize around this? What are the key steps to do? What would be the key steps not to do from a healthcare provider perspective? Well, we need to start at problem solving. That's what I always, um, that's the angle I take with the hospital, with the healthcare provider. It's less about the technology. It's more about the problem that they have in front of them. So that's that's what I start with. Uh, and also, there's, there's always a return on investment required. Um, there is not endless pots of money inside the health sector. Uh, they have these large elective surgery backlogs, which they need to get down. So that's one of the problems where we start. It's something like a bed turn. 
uh, wasted time is is what I advise the hospitals. It's understanding what their problems are. That's step one, Chris. And Wayne, uh, once problems are understood and objectives are defined and workflow processes are defined, you do the organizations do get to the point of technology selection. And if you could share with the audience kind of the context and guidance around good, wise planning around the technology itself. And, yeah, and again, um, ROI comes into this, uh, not endless pockets. When I first started um, working in the, the realms of real-time location, the first thing that skips into your brain is a dot on the map. That's what you envisage, and that's not what hospitals need. They need room level location. You can split a room into four quadrants if you if you so wish. Um, so it's understanding and advising the hospitals what they really need from this, not what they perceive they need from this. So understanding, going back to Johnny's point, that if there's a patient in the bed, uh, what kind of um, ailments that patient have that we have concern over their care, uh, dementia being one, uh, age of consent being another, you know, being those extra, those points where extra duty of care is required. So it's going back to that level of expectation that they need to solve the problem and then introducing the right technology that solves for that um, for that particular issue. And we've got to take into consideration existing infrastructure. We've got to take in existing uh, assets that we may be labeling. And, a, and an asset could be a human as well. It could be a patient, could be a member of staff. So that dictates technology as well. Um, it's very difficult to put a active technology onto a blood sample, for an example. So you'd want to go passive. So those are some of the um, pieces of information that we gather in our discovery sessions to make sure we're advising the right technology going forward, Chris. Johnny, uh, you are a passionate and strong voice for the value of interoperability in healthcare, and not just the value, but the need for that. And you often speak about how it saves lives and saves money. Uh, as it relates to real-time locationing, can you give some uh, detail around the interoperability uh, connection points? What systems would possibly or typically be engaged in real-time location solutions that require interoperability? Thank you very much, Chris. From the way we look into for the if you if we want to harmonize and integrate um, interoperabilities, we would definitely need to utilize real-time location and solution tracking. We will have to ensure that information exchange okay, between medical assets, patients, staff deployments, and even hospital information system, all of the informations are able to integrate and relate passing of information on, on a back end from a end to end. This is what we call it as a closed loop processes. Okay. I I echo with what Wayne have brought a very important point. In order for us to achieve this, we would definitely need to understand what is their clinical processes and the challenges what they are faced. Why? If the workflow as we designing their workflow, if these are not carefully taught and optimized, 
any kind of technology will definitely be doomed to failure or achieve less than optimal results. Hence, infrastructure network readiness and workflow orchestrations are very important considerations for us to look into upon. Hence, the key to success for us to, to deploy real-time location uh, solutions is to have the actual options, solutions combined to solve the problems they have at hand. Well stated, Johnny. Thank you. So in our um, final portion of our session today, I'd like to elevate this discussion up a little bit to the national level or the country level. So, um, Johnny, uh, you're working with certain countries in Asia Pacific, uh, in some instances at the Ministry of Health level, where they're looking to insert massive amounts of dollars into the hospital systems to modernize. What are the national objectives trying to achieve? Why is this happening and how are they going about it? Well, um, some of the countries such as Indonesia and China, the COVID pandemic situations have accelerated their country advances. Okay, as they roll up into the importance of healthcare digitalizations. During the during the COVID pandemic, they realized that information data exchange are very slow. Informations are not being transmitted properly. Hence, there is a delayed in in uh, delivering the treatment of care to the patients. And we have and we have seen many cases of COVID cases spiring in all of these few countries. And therefore, these developing countries, they are investing into technology and solutions for them as they embrace into healthcare digitalizations, which emphasizes of interoperability solutions in general. All right, thank you, Johnny. And Wayne, I wanted to pose a similar question. I, I have been fascinated by the UK Scan for Safety initiative. In many ways, it's pioneering and, and groundbreaking for global healthcare. That's been in place and underway for several years. What have been the learnings and the outcomes from that effort? And uh, how? what were the drivers for that to begin with as well? Uh, the drivers... Um, in, in short, the NHS is funded by public money. It's public taxpayers' money through fills through a single department. There are various hospital trusts which are independent financial entities, but they are funded from the public purse. So that single entity, which in England is NHS England, is allowed to dictate to those individual trusts what they want in return. And with Scan for Safety, they wanted to improve patient safety. They wanted to improve traceability, which helps with patient safety, as well as financial accountability. One easy example to understand is how many implants do does a hospital use each year and what type of patients are they using on, you know, what what's the age demographic and what's the injury, those kind of uh, pieces of information. It helps the hospital understand the finances required for an individual hip replacement operation is what it gets down to. So that's taken um, further steps because it's been so successful in the six demonstrator sites. Other sites have seen the um, the obvious savings that it provides. I mean, it, you really, really have to um, want to ignore it 
if you were not going to take it serious because the, it speaks for itself. So um, a lot of sites are, are aiming to do that. And plus in the same vein, and I touched on before because of the um, backlog of surgeries that are out there, the, the government's basically asked that every six months that we, you know, we, we lower that backlog. So the only real way to do that is with traceability, right? Because if you're not tracing these and you're not accounting for these, how can you possibly say how many operations you've done and how far down that list you're getting? So the rewards are, are multiple, multifaceted, Chris. All right, excellent. So we're a little bit ahead of time, so I'm going to sneak in one final question. And this question really uh, speaks to Zebra and our ability to help um, healthcare providers uh, and, and the concept around that. So we all know that healthcare has unique workflow considerations. Things tend to be often a little insular and and not if it's not invented here, it, it doesn't adopt. Yet these advanced technologies, RFID and, and other related technologies have been in place in other industries for a while. So Zebra has been providing worldwide leaders in manufacturing RFID technologies inside their warehouse and their manufacturing processes to have more efficient workflow. Uh, inside retail settings with global leading companies, we've been um, helping uh, provide um, inventory management replenishment, helping guard against theft and other inventory creepage situations or slippage. So these are well processed and established. We also have uh, in the sporting world, uh, Zebra is very active in, in tracking advanced use cases around the movement of people, the American National Football League, uh, the Zebra technology products are, are being used and have been for many years for tracking the movement of athletes. So what I'm getting at is if these things are well embedded and established in all these other industries, and Zebra has been very effective at helping uh, those industries, what uh, is holding back the speed of adoption inside healthcare settings? And, and Wayne, uh, that's not an easy question to answer, but maybe you could take a stab at that. I think at the end of the process is, so you look at the vast majority of other industries and verticals, you're creating a product which you sell to the public. At the end of the healthcare product, as it were, it is a human that you're treating. And I think healthcare organizations, clinicians, scientists are naturally wary of implementing big changes without thoroughly testing and analyzing. I think that's at the root. I also think um, healthcare wanted to look at what other industry is doing. And was it just a flash in the pan? You know, was it a trend or was it really driving um, value? And I think during, um, during the COVID lockdowns, when we saw retail pivot to online almost seamlessly, and that was done with technology. I, I think it was just another uh, reason to justify to healthcare that technology really does offer that um, ability to, and that visibility of your supply chain to cover the same point again, to understand how many patients are in your backlog, how, you, how many patients you can treat in a single day. Um, I think that's what's really key here. But I think the basics are, we're talking about human life rather than we're talking about a product that we sell to humans. 
Thank you. And Johnny, uh, you'll have the last word in our uh, conversation today. When you think about speed of adoption, what uh, activities or actions would help healthcare in this process to go go through this? Well, if we look into the perspective, we will have to go back into the basics of healthcare maturity model, which which is called the HIMS M Run Electronic Medical Records Model. We have to look into um, into the space as by the hospitals will need to invest, especially on building up the infrastructures and the healthcare maturity models. And sometimes this will need countries uh, such as the government to lobby uh, into the digitalization plan within the healthcare space. But having said that, all right, they will have to to invest in basic infrastructures such as bedside verification scanning, specimen collection, blood administrations, interoperabilities of multiple medical devices. All of these takes years, okay, for the infrastructures to be ready. Eventually, which will lead them to use real-time location tracking as solutions for them to orchestra the entire workflow of our process. I would say that the journey isn't easy, okay, because it really requires time and investments, all right, from the healthcare organizations. And with that in mind, this will set them into the right track for them to embrace the future. Uh, well said again, Johnny, and I agree it is not an easy journey. I'll just punctuate that it's a very worthwhile journey because, as Wayne described, at the end of that process, we're dealing with human lives. That is the product. And all of us will be the patient or we'll have a loved one as the patient. And uh, what I think we all can see is how these processes improve that patient care delivery. And so I not easy task, but a worthwhile task, uh, which is, I think, one of the reasons why we see this trend happening around the world. So uh, in closing, I would just like to share a couple of thoughts. One is that uh, Zebra Technologies, as you can tell by listening to Wayne and Johnny, we're investing in industry experts to help provide consultative guidance on how technology can be applied in healthcare, uh, and again, that workflow approach, problem-solving approach first, the technology second. We are building and are investing in those capabilities. And then uh, lastly, I just want to say uh, uh, thank you to Wayne and Johnny for sharing their wisdom and their experiences. Really insightful. I think well done, gentlemen, and uh, appreciate the conversation today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, Chris, as well.